This is the Ned and Josh podcast. Podcast. If you or someone in your family has been injured at work, visit mej.com.au. Hit 104.7. Via Friday, the 14th of October. Now, the reason I'm giving the date is because we are about to get into something that I think will need to be memorialised for either me being so incredibly impressed with Canberra getting on board with something Mm -hmm. or the thing that Ned's been wanting to try for a long time finally being tried. I'm very excited either way. If you're a dreamer, (laughs) if you're a believer... If you ever, if you're ever, a believer, if you're a believer, especially if you're a believer, <laughs> you've had something that you've wanted so badly. <laughs> Same. Oh I pitched a game a while ago mm. that was shot down by Josh. I don't think Michael understood, yeah. which is fine. And the good thing with this show is that it is a democracy. Mm. So you bring things to the table and you say, what about this? If it's a resounding no, probably not. It's been a resounding no from me, and yeah. I don't quite understand from Michael. So yeah. that kind of means democracy-wise, yeah. we're giving it a try up next. We are giving it a try up next. Uh, I feel like it absolutely is going to work. I feel like it's going to be fun. And in terms of games we've played on this show... It's not even the weirdest. Not even top five dumbest things we've done. Up next, I will explain to everyone, sound synergy... We've got uh, a brand new game to unveil right now. It is called Sound Synergy, uh, and it is Ned's brainchild. It is. You'll get on the phone, make a sound, any sound. Then Josh and I are going to see who can recreate the sound with their mouths better. Yeah. Margie, how does it feel to be a part of history? Oh, I'm so, I feel so um, honoured. I honestly feel so grateful to you for just getting on board with this game. You're already a winner. You're putting out your trust in us, which I very, very, very very much enjoy. Now, look, this isn't like a secret sound type deal, so you can very much tell us the sound you're going to make. What sound are you going to make? What sound am I going to make? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, microwave door closing. Fantastic. I I love it. it. All right. All we need you to do is just hold the phone up to the microwave and let us hear the sound. All right. Okay. Oh, that was good. Okay. Can we get it one more time, Margie? Sure. Okay. Would you like to go first? Or no, should it's your I go game. First? Okay, so the game enough. now, for those just tuning in, is Ned now has to remake this sound using nothing but his mouth. Okay, <laughs> so here we whoever go. can do this most accurately. <laughs> Thank you, Margie. Thank you for being on board. No, it is no, I, it is laughable. But I, you also, Margie, be the judge because yeah, obviously yeah, Josh yeah. and I are very. We can't be impartial in this case. So you're going to have to judge who you think made the better microwave door closing sound. One more time for real, Margie. Can we get the sound one more time? Then you're going to hear Ned Ned recreate it. Okay. Okay. There we go. There we go. Okay, here we go. Margie, this is Ned. Interesting. Interesting. It is hard. It's so much harder to do it when you haven't heard what you're going to... No, oh, no, that's, that's not Ned. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Let's not was... do any tings. Let's not distract from the sounds or anything. Okay, yeah. This is, would you like, do you want to hear it again, Josh? I'd like to hear it again, please. Oh, okay. Hang on. There we go. That was me. I didn't, I didn't want to sully me. the noise with any laughter. Fantastic. That was Josh. Okay, Margie, who do you think made the better microwave noise? Neither. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> 
It's like a snake. <laughs> it's like a snake. <laughs> Fantastic, Margie. I, oh, look, I love it. I don't know how this game improves. It honestly probably will die. It's evolving, I think. It just keeps evolving. You know what? It'll evolve into something beautiful. God, would you like to be a producer on this show, Margie? This is the positivity I'm ever longing well, Margie's for. Margie's going to be busy because she'll be doubling her fund at Mogo Wildlife Park. You can visit mogowildlifepark.com.au. That pass to Australian Wildlife Park's all yours, Margie. Congratulations. Oh, no, thank no problem. You. Thank, thank you. Honestly, Maggie. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and our Instagram, it is there. We've reached 2,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> you can go and be one of them. Uh, at Ned and Josh is what you search for. Coming up after 8.30, as promised, we're going to unveil what our first post is going to be it's on a our lot of pressure. Instagram. We've, we've, we've not worked, posted in like five years. We've workshopped it. Yeah. We've thought about it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be unveiling our first post uh, very, very soon. Before that, though, Josh, there was a woman who needed some renovations done in her bathroom. Um, she wanted to put in a big bathtub. So she needed a wall taken down and then moved back further. Then, obviously, once that happens, you need some drywall put in and yep. whatever else. I honestly, I don't own a house, so I can't renovate anything. I just have to kind of live in. You're not allowed I'm... to know what goes on behind the walls. Nope. Uh, and I don't think I ever probably will. But this lady is fortunate enough to do that. She's hired uh, some tradies to come in, do some stuff, fix it all up. Yeah, lovely. Noticed afterwards, can't find a cat. Stripes. Bit she's of an like, issue. She's like, I don't know where Stripes is. Maybe he's run off. Maybe he's under the house. Who knows where he is. Stripes. Stripes is, coincidentally enough, in the wall. Okay. He's been annoying the tradies, has snuck in. I'm guessing without their knowledge, because I feel like this would be such a pain in the ass for them to do. He's snuck in somewhere. Stripes has decided to just hide out there. He's gone, oh, this is nice and dry and warm. I'm going to stay in here. And the plasterers have just plastered up over him, and he is in the wall now. Okay. The woman has had to kick through her wall and has gotten stripes out. He's completely fine. The wall is now ruined. Bathtub looks great, though, I will say. She's uh, she's done a good job on that. <laughs> Ashland, well done. She's got, a, it. she's got a very, very nice bathtub. But, yeah, now there's a huge hole in her wall. I just That's more fixable than the bathtub. Yeah, exactly right. And the, also more fixable than a dead cat. Yes, so, I mean, yeah, getting yeah. the hole in the wall was necessary. It is. And the nice bathtub, not all's lost. So, you know. It's just funny when pets get stuck places, or just animals in general. Oh because it's God. like, they just don't know what's going on. At least with a human, you can, like, sort of have some sort of... I don't know. Creative thinking of how did I get into this and then maybe how am I going to get out? But what I actually find more interesting in the human versus pet scenario is when you find them in the location, you can ask them how that happened. Yes. If it's a human. The pet, the weirdest one we ever had once was we went out to, uh, we went out to dinner and then um, we came home. This was when I was a kid. So we had a shed out the back Mm. with a sliding door Mm -hmm. locked, Mm -hmm. like locked from the outside because it was outside of the house. So we had to lock it. We came home and we couldn't find our Labrador Lucy. We're like, where's Lucy? Oh, this isn't good. This isn't good. Where's Lucy? What's she done? What's she done? We were looking around and no one figured to look in the shed, mm. but we opened, like we basically had a torch looking for her and you know the little, how dog's eyes go reflective? Yeah. Just like inside possums. the shed. It was scary. It's like a demon. <laughs> yeah. We went in, I went in, looked looked inside the shed. She was sitting there wagging her tail near on off her body. Yeah. Doors locked. That's so confusing. How did she get in there? How did like, she how manage? How did she get in there? That's what I mean. It's that's, so we impressive. We can't ask her now. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. We just well, we have to assume maybe she was barking and someone actually put her in there. Like, yeah. Because there's no other way she could have got in there and then God. locked the door again behind her. It's always weird when there's just a mystery that you know you'll never get the yes. answer to. It's like, I'll Haunting. never be able to find that out. 
131060, get on the phone right now. Where is the funniest or oddest place, I suppose, that you found your pet yes. stuck? Yep, we want to know. That you're just like, I don't even know how you got here, dude. How has this even managed to happen? 131060 is the number to call. Yep. Where have you found your pet stuck? Uh-huh. And do you have any any idea of how it happened? Maybe I we mean, can brainstorm together yeah, how it happened. Yeah, let's do that. It's a bit of a creative <laughs> writing assignment. Let's yeah. get it happening. We're asking... Where did your pet get stuck after a cat was stuck in the wall? Some renovations were done, and it was basically just plastered in. Yep. Um, it was drywalled over. Cat's fine. That's yeah. good news. The wall is not. It's had to be kicked out. Edie's on the line from Moncrief. Edie, how are you? I'm good. That's Fantastic. good, Edie. Now, where have you had a bit of a pet getting stuck situation? We had this fish that would jump out of the fish tank oh and, like, go under the coffee table. I kid you not. Yeah. No one believes me when I tell this story. We used to have a goldfish, Edie, and my sister and oh, I. No one, no one believes this I story, but it is story. actually true, and yeah. I'll get my sister on the phone. I, I let, you were both Edie, children, though. Let me just do These are not verifiable. Look at me in my eyes. Oh, yeah. You're my best friend in the world. I'm asking you to trust me. Let me tell the story. Yeah. Goldfish jumped out of the bowl and landed on the counter. Died, unfortunately, but landed on the counter next to the bowl. My sister and I were watching Free Willy at the time. Yeah. My sister and I were watching a movie about a giant fish jumping over something. My fish saw it and jumped out of its bowl. That's what happened. Edie, do you think that that happened? No. Yeah. yeah. Good. Damn it. <laughs> Josh, there is a guy who has quit his $100,000 finance job um, for a very, I think, relatable reason. He was yeah, obviously working a finance job. Wasn't good at it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I can very much relate to that. He was on the that. precipice of being fired. He went, I'll quit first. I that's think that's honestly a reason to hang on to your job, though. Ah. If you suck at it, you're just like, I will keep getting away with this until someone else comes up and taps me on the shoulder and goes, hey, mate, time to go. We're on to you. Time to go. <laughs> out you get. Waiting for that tap at any point. <laughs> he has decided to quit his uh, finance job because of rubbish meetings and terrible culture at work mm. to just... <laughs> pick up some local shifts at his McDonald's. Oh, nice. Nice. That's a lot more. So I... I so he's, yeah. Obviously, that's an enormous pay cut. I don't think anyone who's working casual shifts at McDonald's is pulling down $100,000. No, minimum wage is going up today, yeah. but I don't think it's going to be up in six-figure territory. But he was just like, I can't handle the stress. He's like, just going into work and the monotony of just going sitting in front of a computer all day and typing and being yelled at for things that are out of my control. Yeah. And he was like, it's not worth it. I absolutely it's not worth it. I would much rather just go and work somewhere where I'm getting to do something that I find rewarding, something I enjoy doing, maybe enjoys Maccas. And it's like, I know when I used to work in hospitality, at the end of the day, there'd be some food left over. Oh, and yeah, like, nice. Would you like some lunch? And you'd be like, yes, please. When's the end of the day for McDonald's now? Because now that they're all 24-7, yeah. when, when do they go, all right, well, get rid of some of this food and you could take it home? Yeah, they, well, that's true. Like, well, there's somebody might come through yeah. at 2.47 a.m. We're going to keep this food. It's a lot harder to stuff something up at McDonald's because everyone has such a unique order that yeah. what are the chances that someone was going to come in? Someone might come in and just want buns and cheese. Yeah, true. We can't just give that to you, Can unfortunately. I quickly ask you? Yes. Right now, uh, you said that this was relatable for you. Do yeah. you want to go work at Macca's? I don't want to go and work at Macca's. Happy Day's coming up. Yeah, you I probably know. can pull a shift. Yeah, yeah. I know. No, I, I don't want to work at Macca's per se, but leaving it all behind and just taking up a job where I, as much as I love this job, mm. I don't even consider this a job. I consider this, uh, I'm insanely fortunate to do something that I... Yes. 
love doing. I know that probably 90% of people out there don't get to do mm-hmm. that, so I count myself very fortunate. But I also do long for the days where you would just go to work and the job would start when your shift starts mm-hmm. and when your shift ended, your job ended. Yeah. And then outside of that was just your life. Yeah. I didn't get emails at 2 in the morning and was like, hey, can you just check in on this? Or like, hey, this wasn't done correctly. And you're like... <laughs> Uh, it's a so Sunday. Where do you want to go work if it's not McDonald's? A bar. Oh yeah, a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That essentially is my fallback. Yes. Slash dream. Live like a Cheers lifestyle. Oh, oh mate, amazing. I think because my, my dad watched so much Cheers because I think he wanted to be Sam. Yeah. That probably has kind of infected my brain a little bit, but being Sam Malone is. Potentially the coolest thing I think you could do. I think being Ted Danson, actually Ted Danson, yeah. better. Better somehow. Uh, yeah, because he's a million-dollar actor. Yeah. <laughs> but I also know that because I've spoken to people who work in bars who have told me, um, it looks like fun on the outside, but then dealing with drunk people sober apparently is the worst. My mum worked in a bar when I was a kid, yeah. so I got a front-row seat to it at a very young age. Yeah. Not for me. No, yeah. thank you. It does seem like it's cool from the outside, and when you get in, it's like, it's not all flipping tea towels over, yeah. over your shoulder and going, what can I get you, just a schooner, or let me shake up a cocktail maker. It's a lot of, like, cleaning out the bathrooms yeah, because yeah. people are drunk and don't know how to pee and vomiting everywhere. Then I'll and... go back to just being Ted Danson. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. is probably the better way I to agree. go. Yeah, yeah. Being a million-dollar actor <laughs> would be better. Now, Ned, uh, yesterday was my father's 59th birthday. Yep. And the he's one year away from 60, obviously, because that's how numbers work. Yeah. But... It's a big birth. Well, it's coming up to a big birthday. That's it. I don't this think 59's is, a big one. No, and that's why I want to talk to you about what you did yesterday <laughs> now, mm. um, because next year will be a very big and important birthday, mm. and I cannot have the shenanigans that turned into yesterday happening next year, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Now, let me just quickly recap what happened yesterday on the show. Have you actually sent my dad a yeah. message saying happy birthday Yeah, well, his favourite son probably should. <laughs> So you snuck in, sent my dad a happy birthday message before I got a chance to make any contact with him. I very much was going to be making a phone call at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, and you... At 8.40, I sent him a message yeah. saying, happy birthday to the old dad. Hope you're, having, uh, hope you're doing well, mate, and have a great day. Mm-hmm. Now, for those listening to the show, you'll be aware that dad then replied and Ned yeah. started a bit of a back and forth. I sent him one more back. He said, cheers, Ned. And I said, have you heard from Josh yet? <laughs> Knowing that he had Antagonistic. Yeah, I knew the answer. And I just wanted to point out to him that mm. one of us has. And mm. he said, no, but I have heard from you. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> were there any emojis involved? There were. Two, three, actually. Three yeah. crying face laughing from emojis. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So... What happened next, yeah. really, you need to understand my dad quite well to understand what happened <laughs> next. But you understand me, so mm. you kind of will get this. Because mm. my father is a chronic overthinker, mm. and uh, a lot of my anxieties have come directly from him, I believe. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, this is... Unfortunately, what happened was, the second I called to say happy birthday, he was like, oh, thanks, mate, yeah. Heard from Ned. Mm. Like, straight went straight into it. Like That's didn't even exciting a- thing. Didn't even... A- <laughs> It's clearly exciting for him. <laughs> didn't even ask me how my day was. Yeah. Didn't even tell me how his day was going. Yeah. Just heard from Ned. Yeah. And he go, okay, sure yeah, did. And I'd explain, yeah, no, I heard, you know, bloody, you yeah. know, heard from the son that matters, all that stuff. He goes, oh, no, that's not quite what he said. Um, he goes, that's not quite what I said. I said, uh, I said, I think that says it all or something like mm. that. And he goes, and then I put some laugh face emojis. And he goes, do you reckon Ned knew I was joking? Do you reckon he got that I was kidding? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Dad, he understood that yeah. it was a joke and it was all a bit... He's like, yeah, yeah, but, like, yeah, I wasn't trying to... And I was like, yeah, no, no, Ned gets that it's a joke. He totally understands. 
My dad checked four more times that the joke he was trying to make came across in the text message during this 10-minute phone call. Because of the relationship you and uh, me and your father have, uh, unless he goes... On a serious note, though, mate, yeah. <laughs> I'll assume everything he's saying is joking. We've never, ever gotten real, really. It's always been pretty lighthearted, pretty jokey, pretty, like, just jabbing at each other. So, yeah, essentially everything he ever sends me is probably going to be taken as a joke. Just on the edge, though, you know? And I was a bit on the edge because, obviously, he was throwing the favourite son thing around a little much, yeah. for my liking, on yeah. his actual birthday. Yeah. And it got worse because uh, you were at the house last night. Carrie, Carrie, my girlfriend, did the most lovely thing. Like, mm. she got... And it was because her boys are there so it was like a bit of fun for them too yeah. but she got a cake and we all sung happy birthday to my dad lovely. and then sent the video of that to him Yep. and you're in the video correct and dad replied lovely to see the favourite son there to sing yeah. the birthday as well yeah <laughs> It shouldn't be this easy to dethrone his only son. Not the two boys of of my girlfriend. Not his actual son, but Ned. Ned was who he was talking about. I would say that, like, by my father's birthday, you could return favour, but my dad really does not care. He doesn't check his phone that often either. I know that as well. He doesn't care when people wish him happy birthdays. He's a cold man who won't give you this kind of reaction. Listen to me and listen good. Yeah. This better not be repeated on his 60th birthday. Oh, no, it won't be repeated on his 60th birthday. Don't worry. I'll be flying and seeing it. (laughs) (laughs) Josh, I think I've discovered the rudest sound in the world that can't be done in a polite way. It's a sound that can't be done in a polite way. It just is the sound of it. And it's just a person. Does a person make it? Yes. It's so obnoxious. It's so rude. And maybe this, maybe what we'll discover during this is I need to chill out, which okay. is probably, honestly, the cure to most of my problems. Just but relax. I just, yeah, I just it happened multiple times yesterday, and every single time it happened, I was like, piss off, and then I was mm. like, I can't think that people are just doing, they're going about their day, they're trying to be polite. It's just such an irritating sound that it's like, ugh. I was taking Lenny for a walk yesterday. Started raining. Surprise, surprise. You're listening to the Ned and Josh podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know we need to get people to listen to that, right? Yeah. Like, it, it affects nah, our I'm jobs. For, I'm going for, like, a how bad could it yeah. be type marketing Honestly, approach. Yeah. yeah, maybe if it's the most annoying sound of the world, maybe that will be people a little reason like, for people to listen. I'm going to hear this, see how much of it I can tolerate. What it was, I was walking around Yerribee uh, Pond in Gungahlin, and multiple times, it happens every time I do it, people riding their bikes past... The bike bell ring cannot be done oh in a polite way. Oh, my God, yes. It's so obnoxious. It's so, so rude. douchey, yes. But at the same time, I would. I don't want you to hit me no, with your bike. you need and to do it. You need to do it. Especially when I have yeah. a dog on a lead oh. who can just, like, dart across the path. I certainly don't want you to hit my dog with your bike. Here's what the bell says to me, because you are 100% yeah. correct, but here's what the bell yeah. says to me. I'm more important than you. Yeah. You need to yeah. move for me. Um, move. The mode of transport I've chosen is better than you. Move. <laughs> That's there what is. the bell says to me, but you need to do it. You, you do, do need to do it. And I do empathise. Every single time I heard it yesterday, I was like, ugh. But then I was, I was like, yeah, I know. This is actually great. You know what we always need to institute? And it was a thing when you're a kid, when you have training wheels on your bike and yeah. stuff. Just like the, the clown horn that's on there. It's like, I was going to say, that's not a bad idea. I wanted to workshop with you some things. Okay. What if what if instead of the bell, you just went, woohoo, <laughs> yoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. <laughs> I love that. Because then you have to look like an idiot 
It's not you can't you can't uh, look arrogant yeah. when you do that. And that's all it is. To, you still have to do it. That's all it is. It's just like get out of my way. And then and it's I like know, I know it's not like that. It's just you're being polite. Probably listening to this right now, going, "This is outrageous." I'm I'm saying you have to do the bell. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying I appreciate you doing the bell. I appreciate you doing the bell, but, but it's, it's just such an annoying, obnoxious 100% sound. Hundred percent correct. One hundred percent correct. The yoo-hoo is good. Yoo-hoo. What about like sing a, the last bit of it? That's that's part of the rule. <laughs> yoo-hoo. yoo-hoo. <laughs> so we're essentially stealing Yahoo's jingle. Yeah. Yahoo! It's too long. Yeah, it's too long. It's more of a Yahoo! Honestly, how we synced up just then? We should start a choir or no, something. that's what happens when you're a child who watches as much free-to-air television as you and I clearly did in the late 90s. Producer Mike in the studio this morning. How are you, mate? Good, boys. How are we? Uh, no, Very well, thank you. Not too shabby for a Friday. Um, now, you've got some stories about pooches um, and the way they correspond to the people who own them. Yes. Now, you are dogless. I am dogless. <laughs> yes. Ned is dog full and I am dog fuller. I've got two. Yeah. So, let's I'd go. say I'm dog half and you're dog full. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess if the standard is two. Yeah. No, no. I'm it's, saying the standard's one and yeah. I'm extra. I'm fuller. You're fuller <laughs> yeah, than you're one. You're dog full <laughs> yeah. and, I'm, and Michael is dogless. Yeah. Yeah, you keep bringing that up like I should be ashamed or <laughs> no, something. Fine, it's really, okay. yeah, it, it does really seem like there you, is some stank behind it. I just wanted you to join the club, that's all. <laughs> I live in a, yeah, that I would live be, in an apartment. No, unless you're in a chihuahua, it's going to be hard. Yeah. It certainly hasn't stopped I, anybody else in our building from getting a dog. That's <laughs> true, that's true. My my, car, my apartment is more is more cat-friendly than yes, anything true, else. True, true. Uh, anyway, this, so this, uh, this study was done by the Kennel Club, which is like a UK uh, dog charity. Yeah, okay. and, and they've done this study to... To find what uh, what 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 your dog breed of choice says about the owner, mm. and uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of breeds here like border terriers are most charming, lively, and exuberant. Oh, that are that the people or the dog? They're the uh, no, people. no, they're the people. The people. Let me yeah. see what a border yeah. terrier is. Oh, okay, yeah, it's like a little scruffy dog. Yeah, it literally is. And this might be a deep cut, deep cut, but it's like Fry's dog from Futurama. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. right. Seymour right. Butts or whatever his name is. <laughs> I think it's actually Seymour Asses, but whatever. Yeah, close enough. Um, <laughs> Uh, Cocker Spaniels uh, owners are most... Wow, okay. Nice, yeah, okay. okay yep. mm-hmm. uh, so... Ned's, poor, Ned's family dog is Cocker Spaniel, part Cocker Spaniel, well, isn't it? It's like it's like saying Neapolitan is chocolate. Okay. He's, <laughs> like, he's like Cocker Spaniel, Blue Healer, and then... Maybe whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just whatever. I think with Tex, he's a bit of Labrador. His ears are very Labrador-y. Oh, yes. Oh, well, they're, but they're very soft like the Cocker Spaniel. I think that's yeah. the Cocker Spaniel part, but he is essentially... Well, we he's a bitzer. We don't know. Bitzer everything. So I'll ask both of you who yes. would like to go first I'll to go find first, out. Because I think Golden Retriever owners are going to be very, very uh, vanilla-type personalities. Yeah. Like, we're going to be pretty pretty stock standard. <laughs> I think we're going to be pretty, <laughs> very common pretty dog. boring I mean, human beings. You, you've, you've, you said the phrase vanilla, stock standard. <laughs> it, it, like, those are not the words used, but I can see how they correspond with yeah. uh, synonyms. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> most traditional, <laughs> reserved, and punctual. Punctual? That one's not me. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, yeah. You got to work super yeah. late. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I would say that's probably more Carrie, who actually yeah. bought the dog. So, yes. yeah, maybe. She's on time to everything. Yeah, you're yeah. like a golden retriever enthusiast that has yeah, them in your yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even responsible enough to own them. So, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> but I, I have a staffy and I can't hide behind anything. I literally own this dog. I live with this dog. It's my dog. And staffy owners are yeah. apparently the most 
affectionate and trustworthy. Oh, that's, that's way nicer than I thought it was right? going to be. Yeah. Lovely. With, this, with the rap that staffies usually get, that is yeah. not how I saw this coming. That's so lovely. That is nice. nice. Yeah, it is nice. I mean, it's also like wrong. Like convol- yeah, it's wrong. Yeah, it is wrong. I mean, what part is wrong to you, Michael? I was more thinking towards Josh. Oh, yeah. I think you're lovely, <laughs> man. Yeah, I feel like you're hiding behind that. that. And you know, the funniest good. thing was, I'm glad you've turned this around because I was really worried this was going to become a three-minute, just an effort to get to calling me boring. So that's very good. It's changed. Ned, here's yeah. a quick question for you. Yeah. You've forgotten about the mission that we did last week, NASA did? Um, I say we, but we helped. Apparently Australian satellites were involved. That's but, true. That is true. Uh, look, I... I, I remember it being successful, and then I immediately forgot about it. The DART mission, where we crashed. What did DART stand for? I, d- d- detection and rad. Oh, yep. You're close. Telemetry. What did you actually say? Detection. A- yeah. And. Yeah. Rad. Yeah. No, you can't. You have to no, what's the, what's the T? Telemetry. You didn't get any of them. Yeah. <laughs> that was so impressive. That was that so was impressive. So well done by you. I thought I thought I was fluking them somehow. You're an idiot. It's double asteroid redirection test. <laughs> oh my it god! Makes I can't so explain much sense. how good that was from Ned. Then I fully, I, I've known you for a decade, and I fully thought I'd have somehow gotten all of them. <laughs> I'm too gullible this early in the morning. You got me to vulnerable time. My brain's not working properly yet. Oh, my God. Double asteroid redirection test. Okay, there we go. There we go. go. Dart. Um, So, basically, what it was, was the analogy that was used in terms of size comparison was we crashed a shopping trolley full of explosives into the pyramid. So, like, pyramids of Giza. That's crazy. So, it was a ginormous object and a tiny impact. Yep. Cost millions of dollars. But the idea was, can we change the asteroid's trajectory so it wouldn't crash into Earth. It if, wasn't going to, but it was a test to see whether it would move. Yeah. So in the event we had a deep impact, uh, or dare I say, Armageddon-style scenario, because Steve Tyler will not be around no, forever, so we need yet. to yeah. make plans in case he's not here. We will be able to deflect the asteroid away yeah. from Earth. That's what we've sort of worked out, which yes. is great news, great news. Um, the actual final analysis is in, and... Well, that's it. I just remember it like it, on a it hit American it. Idol. <laughs> no, in American, not letting us all die. It worked. Oh, that's good. It worked. That is good. That's positive. So it actually, it actually did. They've worked it out now. Changed the trajectory of the asteroid from far enough away that yeah. it's going ever so slightly off to the left now. Yep. And will absolutely not hit Earth in the event that this was really on the way to Earth. That's really, really. Imagine good. if we knocked it so far to the wrong direction that it started coming towards Earth. I was that just would be about to say it's like good news and bad news, guys. It worked. Bad news is we don't have another three hundred million dollar rocket, so it's gonna hit Earth now. Quick. Um, remember how I teased before saying this wasn't X-Files? It was more Steven Tyler Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring this back in. That was a bait and switch, my friend. What? Because what I am now incredibly scared of is that we've just sent this asteroid on a trajectory into another planet. Oh, my God, yeah. And this is why aliens in maybe like a thousand years will come looking for us because we essentially threw an asteroid at their planet and now they want payback. Exactly right, yeah. Imagine if we just... Because we're not going to track this... Now we don't know what's off. going on to it now. Yeah, now it's off. We don't really care. If they trace it back and go, those pesky little humans on Earth went and had to throw a shopping trolley at this pyramid-sized thing... 
What the hell is your problem? First they send us the gold record with all those Beatles songs, and now <laughs> this? It's war. It is war. <laughs> Please take it easy. Today we're so excited for our next guest. That he's got a massive special that's happening tomorrow on Channel 9 at 3pm on Channel 9 and also 9 now. It's called Heart of the Nation, the world's largest CPR class. Basically what's going to be happening is we're going to learn some life-saving skills. Our guest this morning... If you were born in 1991 like I was or really any point during the 90s, is none other than your childhood hero, the absolute leader of the Wiggles, undisputedly in my opinion. 100%. And I think he's going to be too too classy to say anything about that. We say a very big good morning this morning to Greg Page. How's it going? Morning. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. It's it's an absolute honour and a privilege to be speaking to you, a very, very big part of our childhoods. Um, Of the Gregs in my life, you were probably the most influential, Greg. And his father's name's Greg, so that's a pretty big compliment (laughs) there, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know what? It, I, this is true because I know my dad won't hear this. So <laughs> he's, he's overseas. If he he's wanted to be mad, he would listen to the show. He's currently in Greece on holidays. Yeah. He's spending the inheritance. That's so, yeah, that's fantastic. Good place to be. Place to be. <laughs> Wouldn't now, know. Perfect place to be tomorrow, though, is going to be in front of your TV because it is happening at 3 p.m., an absolutely massively important special on Channel 9. It is Heart of the Nation, the world's largest CPR class. Now, Greg, you are going to be hosting this along with Richard Wilkins. A lot of people were remember from the news why you would be involved with something like this, but could you maybe tell everybody who might have forgotten why this is important to you? Yeah, look, two and a half years ago, just over that now actually, I suffered a sudden cardiac arrest at the end of an original Wiggles concert in January 2020. Um, My heart stopped beating, I needed people to do CPR and use an AED and thankfully people around me knew what to do, were confident and did what they did and they saved my life. We just need more people to do that in those situations because survival from sudden cardiac arrest is only 10%. Only 10% of people survive. We need to increase that. And one way to do that is by more people being confident to do CPR and grab an AED and use it when they can because it does save lives. We've got one here in the office, the AEDs, and I would have absolutely no idea on where to even start with it if something was going down or when I should use it or what the deal would be. So I think this is going to be absolutely amazing. Greg, you, you were having a bit of a chat about, um, I've seen here interviews you've done in the past where very fit, very healthy, you're obviously doing these massive shows with the Wiggles. Yeah. Do, how did you get into this situation? Because a lot of people associate this kind of thing happening to people who are really out of shape, they're not fit. Unhealthy. Yeah, look, unfortunately, they're not the predictors. Yeah. It can happen to anybody, you know, and there was actually an interesting story in the news yesterday that said for more than 70% of people that have a sudden cardiac arrest, there is no warning sites. There is no screening that picks them up beforehand, like me. So I had heart disease that I didn't know about, and that's why they call heart disease the silent killer, Mm. because you don't know it's there, sometimes until it's too late. So it really is a wake-up call. I mean, obviously for me, to survive through that, that's a huge wake-up call. But for everybody else, please look after yourselves. Um, you know, not all the checks will pick it up. So do yeah. what you can. Eat healthily, exercise, stay as healthy as you can. But for the rest of the community, we need people to be prepared to respond if somebody does collapse when you're not expecting it to happen. So whether it's at home with a loved one, a work colleague, a sporting mate, somebody out on the street at the shops or wherever you happen to be, be prepared. Know how to do CPR and know that you don't need a certificate from a training organisation to do it. And know, like what you've just said, you've got an AED there at work. Know when to use it, Mm. know to go and grab it and know that just turn it on and it will start talking to you and tell you what to do. Oh, so wow. you don't have to know what to do. Yeah, they're incredible devices.
And uh, we have so many programs set up in Australia, especially like uh, Give Me Fire, the um, Stay Do the Five to Stay Alive about swimming pools and so many other programs set up that it feels like this one, as you said, if you just are aware of how to operate this system or when to do CPR and how to do it effectively, it should be just another one that we associate with the things that we all kind of know off by heart. Yeah, look, you're absolutely right. I would love for this to be able to be taught in schools from a mm, young age. Yeah. You know, the kids understand it and it's ingrained in their mind, just like muscle memory. So when they need to respond, they don't have to think about it. It's yeah. second nature. That will make a huge difference. And, yeah, look, I think through Channel 9, thank goodness for them for getting involved in this and raising awareness about it and making it accessible to people. So, you know, and talking about accessibility, the AEDs, they need to be more accessible in the community. And yes. Mounties Group in New South Wales, they own about 10 clubs in New South Wales. They have funded the rollout of 50 AEDs to go into communities and residential areas where people will be able to access them when they're at home because up to 80% of cardiac arrests happen at home. You think of, when you're at home, where's your nearest defibrillator? When you're at home, yeah, yeah exactly. AD. Think of Canberra, though, like, specifically in, in, like, Sydney, Melbourne, like, these places that have these huge apartment complexes. Imagine they're just being yeah. one on every floor or something yeah, like that, like exactly a fire right. extinguisher. That would be absolutely yeah. amazing. Greg, look, we... Look, my, my, sorry, my dream is to see them at every bus stop, you know, yeah. or every yeah. second bus stop. So people just know they're there and they can grab them and they need them. So the emergency, the emergency phones on the highway and stuff like that, that would just be something like that would be yeah. incredible. Just incorporate the two yeah. things. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, really. Look, this has already opened my eyes so much, Greg, and I just think that, look, we could talk to you all day about the Weagles, but I, I think one question <laughs> I did have for you was how is how is that first show back after, after uh, this whole episode happened? Yeah, look, that one for me was in Darwin um, earlier this year. And it, look, it was fine. It was, it was actually good to get back doing it again. Of course, I was a little bit apprehensive, but yeah. good to get back on the bike. And performing with those guys is always such fun, mm. let alone the fact that the crowds now we're playing to are people your age. Yeah. They've grown up with the Wiggles, they're in their 20s and in some cases early 30s. Um, but they're there to have a great night. And the, the room is just full of such joy and love. And it's just a trip down memory lane to a time when life was probably a lot better for a lot of people. They were kids. Yeah, absolutely. They were carefree, and it just invokes all of those memories I and recollections. I am, uh, and, and it, it upset me that you chuckled a little there with the early 30s, um, because that is me. Yeah. I am. I am no, I'm, an, age group, I'm yeah. an original Wiggles fan. I had the original VHS. Very, very excited you guys are back out and about. Greg, do you have to switch your head? Because obviously, you're, predominantly, your career has been performing for kids. Do you have to, like, change your gear in your head to be like, I might hear some swearing from the crowd. I might see someone drinking a beer. And my muscle memory will be going, ah, oh, no, Actually, that's all right. You're 27. That's completely fine. Yeah, look, it is a bit funny like that. And to be honest with you, some of the support bands we had on that tour around Australia earlier this year, they had some colourful language. <laughs> so that, that was a bit unusual. You've got the colourful skinnies, yeah. they've got the colourful language. That's, <laughs> it goes that's, hand that's, in hand. that's how it works. Greg, <laughs> mate, we are so excited um, that you guys are back out on the road, obviously, but also for tomorrow on Channel 9, yeah. 3 p.m. This is going to be absolutely huge. Get in front of your TVs, get the family, get the kids, get everybody around and watch Heart of the Nation, the world's largest CPR club. Greg, thank you so much for your time this morning, mate. Thank you for yours. I really appreciate it. Uh, now, there has been a very, very interesting case of cheating going on during an exam. Now, we know exams are happening at the moment, um, so I'm thinking... I'm not trying to give anyone a, a key on how to cheat, but definitely people are going to be keeping their eyes out for this one. So, Also, this is not a... As someone who has cheated in the past on tests, not a great way to do it. This is... It's... 
It's a great way if it goes undetected. Mm. But more importantly, this is the way that they've done it is just impressive. Like, yeah. I don't. This is amazing to me. They've gotten basically 12, 13 blue biro pens. So the pens have, obviously, like the one I'm holding now, they're clear on the outside. They're plastic. They're clear. They've got, like, you can see the, the ink inside. Very simple, normal, run-of-the-mill pen. Mm. They have etched notes onto the side of all 13 of these pens. So they've gotten, like, a little, maybe very, very fine needle yeah. and have etched. So you can only really see them when you shine a light brightly on them and it's reflecting. But anyone's etched something in a plastic, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Very, very noticeable if you look. Has to hit this light, but you can just very much see that it's like a che- almost a chewed up looking pen. It looks chewed up. That's yeah. the best way to describe it. This, I'm going to say it, genius. Mm. Genius. But also, how did they write this small is more the other point of this that I want to put out there. How did they write this small? And also, it like when you're writing stuff down to cheat with, you're learning about it. So it's like it's unless you have, unless you have awful memory, you're essentially just learning anyway. I just if you're going to the point where you have to get like a soldering gun or you're etching stuff into a pen, it really feels like you are doing more work than is required to just study for the test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, the I mean, have you seen the photo of it? I have. The, the tininess of the writing mm. has, like, as you think of an actual pen, yeah. this has paragraphs on it, yeah. like paragraphs of notes. As you turn the pen, yeah. there are paragraphs of notes. There should be some points awarded if the cheating is more impressive than doing the actual That's test. That's what I think. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. If you could actually make a case that the way I've tried to cheat would be more impressive than a good score on this exam, yeah. you know, like, because what? It's a, it's a creative writing assignment that you have to do in an hour and a half, whatever, yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's impressive. That's very impressive. If you came up with something amazing during that, amazing. But at the end of the day, if you spent 19 hours etching tiny little notes into a pen... What have you done? Amazing. That's You can make a case that's more amazing. I put more effort into this class than was required. The only the, the, the way I cheated, because I saw it online once, was in, I think, grade nine. Mm. I got, like, a water bottle, and you can, like, peel it off so it's still sticky, oh, and no. I wrote on the inside oh, of, no. like... So it's clear on the inside. Uh, and here's something that I didn't realise beforehand, and if anyone's thinking, God, that's a really good idea, here's why it's not. Went to go into the test, and my teacher was like, ah, yeah, no food and drink in the uh, test. <laughs> and I... It was like, well, studying would have been good. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> if only I'd put any effort into studying instead of like A squared plus B squared equals C squared. See, I still know Pythagoras theorem. Very, very impressive. I've never, ever, ever, ever used it. I I didn't cheat in an exam ever. And once again, we're not condoning cheating during these exams. Oh, so well, these are examples of why it doesn't work. Doesn't work. Yeah. Mine was more of a smart assery in an exam. So at one of my year 11 exams, we were asked to write an essay and mm. it was an essay we'd already written. So I think the idea now, looking back as an adult, was we'll do an assignment like four weeks before the exam yeah. Help the kids get it in their heads and then put them in the room, and they basically just have to maybe redo the assignment. How much have you learned? How much have you retained? I wrote C previous essay, is what I wrote in the exam, and then my teacher marked it back with, You didn't do the previous essay. That's so funny. (laughs) I. You can't often be super mean to children, but I would have taken so much, so much joy in being like. No, mate. I will say, see, previous essay was written firmly into the paper. <laughs> like, they pushed down hard when they wrote that. That was the Ned and Josh, Ned and Josh podcast. podcast. If you or someone in your family has been injured at work, visit meja.com.au. Hit 104.7.